my first uh, so-called career um, was bicycle racing. I raced bicycles cool. for 15 years, and yeah. um, I raced here in the states and. Um, raced with U.S. national team in Japan and up in Canada, and then uh, I raced for a team in Germany and a team in Italy. And um, uh, my last season in Italy, um, I ended up just seeing how rampant drugs were in the sport, and uh, it was really it was super depressing. It was it was kind of part of that Lance Armstrong generation, um, and uh, I just was just. Totally, I came back from Italy, and I was like, "Do I do I break the rules and and race against all these guys that are are other guys that uh, break the rules? Are those the kind of people that I want to be around, mm -hmm. um, or do I want to try and find something else where I can, when I'm 70 years old, I can look back on my life and be very content with the decisions that I made?" Were movies kind of a constant in your life? Like, so there's like cycling, and then you're just like, "All right, I'm just gonna do movies." So like, like how I don't know. Like, yeah. How what was the jump? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I had, I've always loved movies growing up. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, even when I was um, uh, racing, like, I was always watching movies. It mm -hmm. was just something that I absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my my dad um, uh, and both my parents are very supportive. My dad would be just like, um, "You got to do something that just makes you happy." You know, yeah. like. Um, you know, it was, uh, and cycling made me happy, you know, like I, I remember at one point in time when I was a kid, cause I started when I was racing when I was eight and I was doing triathlons by the age of 10. And, uh, you know, like I remember on some of the, uh, like I remember this one night we were doing, uh, sprints, you know, like, uh, doing these half kilometer sprints and, and I would have to, I would do like a set of six and I'd have to make it under a certain time. My dad would ride his bike by me while I was like running. And if I didn't make a one, then it would add another one on. You know, like, so it was like, I remember just being so broken at the end of this workout. And I was just like, you know, I was like, ah, I was like, and he heard me, you know, like I was kind of complaining or whatever. And he goes, he goes, listen, and he was totally honest. Um, he was like, if, if you don't enjoy it, you know, like yeah. we can pick something else for you to do, you know, like, um, he said, but if you are going to do it, you're going to give everything to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, after I was done with cycling, I was like, what What gets me excited yeah, as much yeah. as racing did? You know, yeah. like that was the crossroads that I was at. So I said, you know what, I'm going to find something else to do with my life. And then for the next nine months, I spent uh, afternoons in movie theaters, like five or six days a week. And then I spent evenings delivering pizza. Um, so it was like, it was, it was the life, right? Um, <laughs> but I was trying to decide, I'm like, well, what do I want to do with my life? And I said, you know what? I'm in the movie theater so often. I love movies so much. I'm going to, I want to make movies. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll do. I'll make movies. So I started looking around for film schools and I looked in Atlanta cause I'm, I'm from Georgia. Yeah. Looked in Atlanta. I looked in New Mexico. I looked in California and then I came across the Academy of Art here in San Francisco and you know, you didn't have to be a genius to get in or anything, which was great, you know, like it was open admission. So I was like, great, I'm in the running, you know. Um, so, and I was like, it's, it looks like it's a very hands-on school. Yeah. Um, and they shoot film, you know, which looks like it could be cool, you know. So I said, you know what, I'll go go to the Academy of Art. So I ended up coming out here um, nine months after I quit cycling. Wow. And um, I was 23 at that point in time. So I was a little bit older and kind of knew... Um, that those these next four years of my life are going to be probably a blast, probably the some of the best times of my life. Um, and uh, both my parents very much supported me on that. And, yeah. You know, my dad came out and checked out the school with me and everything. and was like, yeah. Yeah, he was even like, hey, I'll buy you a place to stay out here when you come. And then he, like, we got to San Francisco and he's like, oh, oh, good luck. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, he saw what the cost of like a, uh, oh, you know, a, a small apartment here. here and yeah. he's like, Oh, this is in Georgia. Yeah, good luck, son. I'll here. sign for you on yeah. your loans and stuff. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll Here's hook you up with stuff. that. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> no, but he was awesome. He, he, you know, definitely helped me through school and stuff like that too. So, Very cool. So I, I started school and I just I went for the four years. I volunteered on everything that I could volunteer on, um, from PAing to uh, gripping to uh, being assistant camera. Um, and then as my third year rolled around, I just started getting. Uh, DP jobs and got a little bit of professional work while I was in school and um, so that was you know that was pretty much how I got started and it, it, to be a little bit more specific um, 
uh, how I got started being a cinematographer because I didn't know I wanted to be a cinematographer yeah. when I came to film school. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, I was like, oh, I'm going to be an actor, director, you know, um, you know, like, you know, most people want to sure. direct or act or whatever, you know, because that's those are the, you know, those those are the ones that make the commercials, right? You know, yeah, you never see the cinematographer. Oh, the, the cinematographer. Yeah, yeah. What's a cinematographer? Yeah. Is that somebody who measures the heights of buildings or something? You know? Yeah. Um, so like, uh, so I got to, um, I'd done one successful project uh, uh, my junior year uh, in college. And uh, I was like, I want to do a music video. And I was like, I got $3,000. I want to do a music video. And um, at that point in time, I directed and shot everything. Um, I always had big crews. I didn't try to do all the other jobs. So, like, I never, I was never the guy who was like, oh, I'll get three of my friends and we'll yeah. go out and shoot a project. It was kind of kind of crazy. Like, mm -hmm. um, like, my first big project, eight days, it was a short film, eight days long. My smallest day was 25 people on set, my biggest day. Wow. Uh, my biggest two days were just over 100 people on set. And um, so anyway, so I, uh, I wanted to do this music video at $3,000, and uh, there was uh, this producer, uh, his name's PJ Cole, uh, works over at Goodby Silverstein now, and um, he was the producer at the university, and uh, I went to him and I said, hey man, um, I know you're the guy, you're the producer here, and um, you know, could you produce this music video for me? Um, you know, I'm uh, shooting it, directing shooting, and he goes... Because you know what, I'm I'm kind of past the point of wanting to produce stuff that I'm not directing as, and and it was at that point in my t in in my head I said, okay, like uh, in order to be a part of collaborating with talented people, I'm gonna have to start giving up some of these mm -hmm. positions because it's it's a collaboration, you know, mm -hmm. like it's something, and and immediately it didn't take me much time at all. I was just like, how about you direct it then? And he looked at me and goes, are you serious? I was like, absolutely. I, would just, I just want to shoot it. I love shooting, you know? Like, I love lighting. I love shooting. That's what I'm really excited about. I was like, absolutely. You directed it. He goes, cool. He goes, well, I'll match you. I'll throw in 3000 He goes, and I got a producer, another producer I'll bring on, and I bet you he'll throw in some money. And he ended up throwing wow. another 3000 So I took just from just from going, okay, uh, I'm going to... And it kind of it was a kind of an immediate thing where I kind of was like, I got to push to... Mm -hmm. Like, if mm -hmm. I'm going to make this happen... I've got to decide what I want to do, yeah. and um, and just immediately it was like a no-brainer for me to go. Hey, for me to work with really talented people, I'm, I'll shoot it. I, that's what I enjoy. I know I can kill that. You know, yeah. like I'm going to kill it shooting. You go ahead and direct it. You know, like I know yeah. we're going to collaborate, so I'm going to yeah. have, uh, you know, some input into the visuals and stuff like that. And yeah. and that was that was my step towards. Uh, just being a cinematographer, I think I directed one thing since then, you know, mm. and it was just like a little thing that I, a promotional thing that I had to direct because like, it, you know, it was no right. money or anything like that. So, um, so that was, that was my real, real, real start into just honing into being a cinematographer. I think, um, it's, it, for me, it's a little interesting because talking to you, I definitely get, it, it, it came up when we were in Kentucky, it came up more than I've talked to with other cinematographers, but it seems like you really do go out of your way to find narrative work to work on. Yes. You know, not that not that other people Completely. aren't, but it's like you definitely really do. That's why I do it. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, like, I mean, you know, uh, I'd love to shoot more corporate stuff uh, with you guys, but like, it's, it's no, not No, we'd love I, to shoot more I narrative too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, um, I don't, that's not why I do it. Right. Like, I don't do it for that, you know? Like, I do it for the paycheck that allows me to to go on to a film like I just did this past week and throw my own money into it in mm -hmm. order to be able to get the lenses that I want to get, mm -hmm. to get the things that I want to do and be a part of because that I, I there's satisfaction that I get out of uh, narrative filmmaking, um that yeah and i get i get it some in commercial stuff mm -hmm. you know i enjoy doing commercials because uh, they're like sometimes can be many narratives um yeah. which is fun um but yeah i there's something that's like uh i don't know if it's uh what, is it, what they call it masochistic or you know <laughs> like a, you know about being a narrative filmmaker um because you get in there and every time you get the crap beat out of you, but mm. um, there's something in the end, the sense of accomplishment uh, in the end going, yeah, that was, I, I feel like, and maybe it's from my um, my background as an endurance athlete, you know, like um, 
there's something about the long haul mm-hmm. um, in a project of just going and going and going and going and then uh, having a result after putting so much time and effort um, mm-hmm. in after a, a really long haul that's gratifying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I do, I, I seek out um, narrative stuff and I'm fortunate enough to work with a lot of good uh, directors that are always sending me scripts and stuff like that for projects that they're trying to get off the ground or that they've gotten off the ground and mm-hmm. want to see if I want to be a part of. And, um, you know. What is the thing that really beyond just sort of story first and foremost what about a story draws you in to, to want to be a part of a, a short or a feature or whatever um you know i think for me it's about the attempt at making people uh feel something um you know uh, to take them through an experience mm-hmm. um you know um my wife and i we both um we both do our best not to buy stuff and spend our money on experiences. You know what I mean? And that's why we travel quite a bit. And I think it's the same thing, that's that same kind of attraction that I have towards film is I can create uh, or help be a part of creating an experience for somebody, like uh, creating an emotion um, that when um, that when they see this film again in 10 or 20 years, um, that they can relate to something that was happening in, in their lives at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And whether it makes them feel sad or it makes them feel joy, being a part of an experience uh, of being able to make somebody feel something uh, that's important uh, to them um, in their lives or in their past lives. Like, to me, being a filmmaker, that's that's what it's about, is being able to, to, to take people on an experience. Um, do you think about that as a as a like like you're reading you're reading a script yeah. and do you is that more of a personal experience or an external kind of like are, are you thinking more like this is a story I want to see or this is a story and a way to tell it that's going to that you think is going to impact someone Um I mean honestly like you know I get you know, a certain amount of scripts and, uh, across, you know, like that, that people send me. And, um, when I go through it, I mean, I'm at the level where like, I'm not getting, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Sorkin sending me a script where I'm just like, holy mackerel. So, so when I look at a script now, I look at it and I go, okay, um, first I go, okay, is this a competent screenwriter, you know, is this somebody who just knows even basic structure, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and can, and then I look and I say, is this going to hold my attention? Because not much holds my attention, which is sad. I don't know if I'm ADD or something, but, um, <laughs> uh, but if it can hold my attention, um, and I usually know after five or 10 pages, uh, if I'm going to have to, you know, beat myself up, uh, to try and to, to read the entire thing or not, um, so if it holds my attention, um, that's that's kind of the next step. Um, you know, the the dream is to create help create those experiences, yeah. um, and then after after I look after I read if if I'm able to read it and and you know it was good it held my attention, uh, then I think of um, I'll talk to the director you know and 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 see what their take is on it and see what the references and stuff. And then from there, that's when I start to try and be creative. You know, I start to look into how I'm able to contribute uh, to telling to telling the story visually. You know, um, and if I can, if I'm excited about it, then and those ideas are coming, then I'm at least on that first step uh, mm-hmm. on my way to being able to do absolutely the best that I can for this particular script. Um, so I think in those steps. Um, yes, I'm pushing forward for that, that dream of being able to give an experience to somebody. Um, I don't know if I've ever, I've worked on great stuff. Um, but we all know, like when you watch, uh, uh, there will be blood or you watch, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a a film out there, um, like the Revenant or something, um, where you're just absolutely, it's like, you know, it's 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 like the the it's it's like a gourmet chef uh, cooked yeah. it. You know what I mean? I've had plenty of good steaks, um, you know, and I've worked with plenty of good uh, directors and screenwriters. Um, but I think we all kind of uh, are are seeking that uh, you yeah. know that that gourmet steak. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, 
you know, and I tell my wife when, when, whenever I watch a gourmet steak on, uh, on, on the big screen or whatever, I say, you know what, give me one of those in my life. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's all I want is to be yeah. a part of uh, telling one story that's just so breathtaking, you know, whether it's a TV series or whether it's a feature film, um, just to be a part of one of those. So I think, um, I've, you know, lots of, lots of good stakes, um, you know, just kind of... Um, hoping uh, that I'm fortunate enough to get uh, to be a part of one of those great stakes, which which I think people relate to 20 years down the road yeah. and can bring back feelings and emotions that they had at that point in their life. And mm-hmm. that's ultimately what I hope that I'm able to be a part of. Yeah. It's, and it's such a, it's the thing that I think about so much, you know, both in the, you know, the full gamut. It's like seeing you know, something that's on YouTube and it's, you know, it's whatever, it, whatever quality level it is, yeah. seeing work that I do, seeing work that we do, seeing work that other people do, and then seeing work that is like at, at the top of the tier and just sort of like all that full spectrum yeah. and just understanding and appreciating just how high the bar is, yeah. you know, it's like, especially if we want to have that lasting impact. Yep. And the, the challenge is the barrier to entry is so low. Yep. So there's so many more people making films. And it's not necessarily bad. But it's yep. like there's just more of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's easy to get that much more distracted and, and diverted trying to find good work, you know? Yeah. And starting with a script that is going to be the blueprint for something that's going to be, yeah. you know, ideally a masterpiece, you know? What are your thoughts on just sort of find finding your way to those kind of works and 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 the journey well i mean i am you know i you know i'm i'm a christian um so faith plays a lot into the way that i live my life um you know so for me i feel like um you know, and this may seem oh, whatever hippie to you or whatever, but like I almost, I feel like, um, you know, God's got me on a direction and he's got me going where he wants me to go. And I know that I have the instincts when I read a script or when I'm around filmmakers, if I'm going to, if, if I'm going to be able to move forward with those filmmakers mm-hmm. or I'm going to be able to, uh, to actually add something to uh, a script. You know, I think that I've, you know, I've got those instincts, so then I just play upon my instincts, you know, and I think I just keep moving forward with that and doing absolutely the best work that I can do for the director each time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and I, I feel like, um, I feel like that that's it. I mean, I don't feel like there's, for me, there's no master plan of going, you know, I'm, I'm going to go down to LA, I'm going to knock on the doors of, you know, like the, the big producers or the yeah. big directors, you know, like that's not me, you know, and that may be some people and that's probably successful for some people. But for me, I feel like um, uh, I just want to keep meeting good people. Um, and I mean, like not just talented people, but good people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then working with those good people, because um, I could work with uh, a super talented director. And if he's uh, or she's, uh, you know, just a complete a dick or something, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not interested, yeah. you know, like, if, if, if you could say, um, you know, you could work with this guy your entire life, you know, like, or this girl, this your entire life, um, and, you know, you'd shoot some of the biggest films in the world, or uh, you could go on, you could work with these really good people, and they're going to make some killer indie films or whatever, you know, but the biggest you'll get is maybe like a, a film or two that's released in big theaters and most mm-hmm. stuff I'm playing Sundance. I would rather go that route yeah. um, just because I want to live my life uh, mm. because I'm more inspired. To, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I wouldn't do my best work working for a, a, a director that, um, you know, just didn't treat the crew right or, or yeah. was a prima donna or something like that. I'm just not interested in those yeah. kind of people. Yeah. Um, and I, mean, I can say like, no. Like, this is a big deal, but just do what you're told. Yeah, yeah. And I have... I have absolutely uh, no qualms with saying no to that kind of stuff, you know, like no, no matter how big the carrot is, like I have the ability to just, I I just, I'd rather work with good people. I mean, what's the point of, uh, of, of making a movie that's so great that it wins awards and it was absolutely miserable getting there? Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, like I tell people, I'm like, if, if you're making films because you want to be remembered, 
Uh, tell me who the 32nd president of the United States was. <laughs> you can't. Tell me who won the Academy Award in 1995 for, you know, um, uh, Best cinematography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> Nobody remembers these people, you know, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But just understand that, like, if that's what your goal is, yeah, then I, th- I, th- I think you're misguided, you yeah. know. Like, uh, and at least that's not the way for me, you know. Yeah. So, so what yeah. it boils down to is, if when you're 70 years old, 30 years after you've worked on a project, that you can remember back about how good of a time that you had and the people that you were around can also remember how much of a good time they had on that production. Yeah. Now you've created memories. Yeah. You know, now you've created something that's memorable to people. Yeah. Um, You know, the other stuff is just whatever. Yeah. And it's the same thing we were just talking about. Like, if you can make a good film... And people can remember how they felt at that time. Not only the filmmakers, but the audience members that have watched it. That's what it's about is like people who can remember those things. I mean, because even like your average person who watches a movie, uh, when they go, oh, yeah, that that film, whatever, um, you know, Ordinary People or or whatever, Raging Bull or something, you know, are they going to remember like who the the filmmakers were or are they yeah. going to remember how they felt um right. with the movie so i think it's about experience you know like yeah. i think it's about um the experience once again time back to uh, that's why i do it is just for the experience for myself and for hopefully at some point in time uh you know the viewer the audience um yeah. so such so, yeah it's like cart before the horse kind of thing where you're just like i want to blow up i want to get an award i want to you know win, win it you know it's like well just make a good story first yeah. yeah just get out there and just do what you're doing and like you know give yourself to it if you're going to commit to it um then give yourself to and it And it's a commitment it is yeah. a commitment it's a commitment it is it's a big, it's a big commitment uh, even more so for you guys as directors and producers you right. know like um because I get onto I get onto a deal I get to play in the sandbox and I don't have to fill the sandbox in most of the right. time right. I don't have to clean all the crap out of the sandbox <laughs> afterwards really, you don't have to fight I don't the have sand to, yeah That's I don't have really to rebuild the sandbox everybody yeah. destroyed it I don't have to sell the sandbox yeah. when it's done you know yeah. so I'm fortunate uh, to have picked a profession where if somebody hands me a shovel and a bucket I go in and I build a you know help to build a castle yeah. and then I get to leave before <laughs> yeah. you know right. like you know the storm hits right. <laughs> I, just a real quick kind of tangent, I guess. It's just like that's um, – I, I often beat myself up when I, you know, see colleagues or, you know, just get inspired by like a good movie or something. It's like, man, why am I not doing that? Why am I not doing that? And it's like because it's a process. It's a long – got to be sure. If like you're going to make a film, it's got to be something you really believe in, yeah, especially for, for any – I mean for all of us. But yeah, especially in our position of making like – indie films where you're scraping a budget together yep. you're like you know putting in your own money or raising yeah. money or whatever it's like it's gonna take a lot of work and it so it's gotta be something you really believe in really and true. not just you're kind of half-hearted in you know yeah unless you're just like you're you're on for like a short job or something yeah but yeah yeah that's what i try to keep telling myself when it's um you know uh you're like oh why am i not making something or whatever yeah um, but working towards that, you know, yeah, like, no, I mean, sure. that's, uh, you know, like, um, definitely having that in mind, but, uh, not letting it deter you either. Right. You know right. What I yeah, mean, yeah. because you can put it on the back shelf for a long time. And mm-hmm. then by the time you're like, oh my gosh, like I could have cashed in a lot of favors in order to be yeah. able to make this, yeah. this story, you mm-hmm. know, happen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a funny thing. Like, uh, and I honestly, I can't even remember if we've talked about this on another, or if I talked about this on another one of these episodes, but, um, like m- really recently I was thinking of the concept cause somebody, I was talking to somebody about like young filmmakers and like the benchmark for a young filmmaker is, uh, uh Orson Welles, yep. you know, and it's like, everybody thinks, thinks of just this, like, oh, just get younger and younger and younger, you know, cause that's Orson Welles was 24, 25 when he made yeah. Citizen Kane, and I finally, like, it just, like, within the last year, it dawned on me how backwards that thinking is, because I was like, yeah, he hit it big, and the rest of his life was miserable and a downhill just battle against studios until the very end, where it's like, he just was doing everything completely kind of off to the side, and, like, some of his best films were inherently flawed by, you know, like 
the studio. It's like, I love Touch of Evil, but it has Charlton Heston playing a Mexican. Like, yeah. <laughs> it does not work. It does yeah. not last the test of time. And so yeah. it's something that's really like having that understanding, but also going back and being like, well, this is just whatever the path is, is the path that we're taking. You yeah. know? It's like, and I would like it to be a continual, like, uphill, you know, climb. Sure. Of like always evolving and yeah. taking time to do that, but then you see filmmakers like P.T. Anderson or Wes Anderson who make a film every couple of years because they're creating something from scratch. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, Woody Allen is probably one of the few like well-known filmmakers who can repeatedly like kick something out every year. Yeah, but still, it's like they're not all going to be masterpieces. No, you know? it's such a rare thing. I mean, that is a very rare thing. Um, I think um, that's why I like. That's why, like, I'm I'm completely gonna be satisfied being a one hit wonder if I'm a part of just one project, you know, because that's a huge accomplishment in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, to find filmmakers, we were just talking about it the other day, a friend and I, and you know, we were like, whoa, you know, like, um, you have uh, somebody like a Tarantino or something, you know. Mm-hmm. We have everybody has their opinions about Tarantino. Um, you know, we we were like, oh yeah, he was he really good on this one, kind of a miss on this one, really mm-hmm. good. Like we, is there anybody like in our time, you know? And we we both came up with Christopher Nolan. We're like, okay, Christopher Nolan for the mm-hmm. most part is like, you know, like had good or great films. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Let's set insomnia aside. But, yeah, 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 exactly. Else. We'll just yeah. put we'll put that in the good category. We don't <laughs> yeah. have to like, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, to to have an entire career, you know, that's mm-hmm. like uh, that's riding high is. Uh, an anomaly you know what i mean like it's not the standard you know like so yeah so uh being able to progress maybe it's a blessing you know sometimes that you don't uh hit it off early in your life um and you just kind of stick it through and uh hopefully projects get better and 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 better and you just grow stronger and more knowledgeable with the experience that you've uh developed over the years working on other stuff i mean i keep you know i um Having worked in the uh, Bay Area and then also having worked at the Academy of Art University, um, I've got to um, work with directors, uh, like really old school directors from L.A., like uh, Bob Butler, who did like the original Star Trek um, pilot and Batman and Robin pilot and stuff like that. So like um, so in saying that, um, I've got to work with all these different directors and, and even student directors, you know, like that I've learned some stuff from, you know. Um, but those, those, all those experiences, I've worked with hundreds of directors mm-hmm. and it's like all those experiences, I've learned so much and it's like, um, it's, you know, it's, it's made me the shooter that I am and it, it's made me the, the, uh, person on set who can, uh, understand what's, uh, what we have to get and what we don't have to get and what I need to spend time on and what I don't need to spend time on. Um, I've learned all that, you know, from all those different directors that I've worked with, you know, like, so, you know, maybe it is, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe I don't want to wait until I'm in my seventies to get that, uh, you know, that really, uh, cool film. Um, but, uh, you know, I, patience, yeah. you know, um, patience. What do you think, you know, sort of, you know, directors can definitely be, you know, very, a very unique beast to, to work with, you know. Um, do you feel like there are a lot, a lot of similar themes or different themes that you've picked up working with so many different... I mean, uh, you know, it's... it's There are two types of directors I've worked with. Um, one type is the type that really um, focuses on performance, um, that really works with the actors and leaves a lot of the visuals to me. Mm -hmm. And then I've worked with directors who are very visual. And, uh, a lot of times, uh, it's great because we collaborate on the visuals, um, you know, um, and we come up with something, but they, they, they kind of let the, the actors do their thing. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, and, um, I can appreciate both of those, you know, like I can, uh, you know, I, uh, when when it when the director uh, tends to uh, work with the actors more, that puts a little bit more of the weight on me uh, mm-hmm. for, from a visual standpoint. And I, I, I like that, you know, like that's it makes it more of a challenge for me. Um, and you know, I appreciate that responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy it, you know. Um, um, and not that the other isn't just as rewarding, but yeah. I I think I like I like that uh, I like that a lot. But those those are the two types of directors. They're either really into the camera. 
um, or they're really into uh, the actors and the performance. And I don't know if I've experienced one that, um, you know, uh, I can say like maybe the closest that I've come is um, a director, his name's Wars Hussein, and I worked with him at the university. Um, and uh, he, uh, he did the original um, Doctor Who pilot in the first few episodes for the BBC. Oh, cool. oh, nice. And um, really, really cool dude. Um, and, um, and why I say that I think I see both from him um, is because um, he, he, he's in detail with the actors, but he uses the blocking really specifically mm. um, to create the visual style. Mm. Um, so he knows in his head where the camera's going to go with how he directs the actors on the set. And a lot of, you know, there are a lot of directors that are, that, that attempt to try and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he can, he can make a shot last forever, you know, like, um, and, and work the lens, uh, mm-hmm. so to say. Um, but he, he's also very involved with the performances. Um, yeah. you know, um, Bob Butler was like that too, the one that did the, the Star Trek pilot. Um, um, but whereas Warris is the type of director that will, will block in order to make the camera work the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. so he can almost get through the scene, uh, with, like a, with a like single a shot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Huh. Um, but it's 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 a it's a very beautiful developing master. Some people will stick a camera in the corner and call it a master, and you'll fall asleep and they'll use that uh, you know <laughs> that shot for three seconds at the end of the yeah. scene or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, Warris, uh, on the other hand, would use it, um, and you'd be like, I I may use three seconds of this reverse we get on the yeah. the girl yeah. when we can't see her face, but other than that, yeah. like this this is really working. Yeah. Um, whereas you have like a Bob Butler. Um, uh, which uh, will go in, he'll massage the scene, you know, like, and you'll you'll be in a shot and he'll be working it, and then when he sees it's not working or the, the actor's falling out of it or isn't giving the kind of uh, performance that he wants at that point in time, he'll go cut, you know, and he'll call it, and he goes, okay, let's move the camera over here, and then he'll go over and he'll, you know, uh, work with the actor, you mm. know, which oh, is really neat. Um, and mm. then, of course, then we'll change up angles and we'll shoot, and he kind of... Uh, uh, kind of puts the scene together like that, um, which is really cool. Um, you know, they're both really, really interesting, interesting ways to do it. And especially these old school guys, because these guys are um, in their uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, so these guys talking about experience, um, uh, these guys have a wealth of experience mm-hmm. that are just like, it's it's pretty awesome to see yeah. um, how, what seems effortless, uh, how they're able to do that kind of stuff. Is your do you, do you feel like you have a tendency to go one way or another in shooting style? Like, do you do you like to overcover a scene? Do you like to try and play things in a master? Does it depend? You know, um, for me, I really enjoy working with a director who knows what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get on set and they know that a two shot works and they don't have to go in for coverage, mm-hmm. I think is. Uh, I don't want to say the sign of a good director, but the sign of a director that knows what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that because it gives us the opportunity to spend more time uh, on other parts that may need a little bit more help or mm-hmm. that are a little bit more difficult to shoot um, instead of going, okay, well, we have to do a two shot and after the two shot, we'll make sure we get overs and then we'll get clean singles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, that... For me... Coverage can be important, and if the scene yeah. needs it, then by all means. Um, but I think it can be... I don't know how many directors I'm going to lose over this. Um, <laughs> I think it can be a lazy way of shooting. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's an interesting way, because just being... My producer brain is like, yeah, just get the cover. It's like checking off a list versus something more intuitive. Yeah. Something more like you're feeling the scene. Yeah. Like, you know what? I felt like that performance was great in those last two angles we had like we got it you know right yeah versus like uh, i know that was great but let's do this again and let's do this side you know what i mean like let's get these different angles just because that's on the list yeah versus feeling like what's really happening in front of you you know that's interesting i don't know i haven't thought about that in a while well i think it's 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 something that i'm still kind of like finding my understanding of more and more but it's like the like I see, I see so many films now that are just a template. You know, it's like you just yeah. you just get in there, and it's like the indie film format is 
two shot singles and it's like if you fast forward you're gonna pretty much just see the same kind of a scene over and over and over again you know yeah. and and how do you change that and and so you know it's like part yeah. of it i think is a is a bit of a lost art but i also think it's you know you you still find it in different places you find you know directors and filmmakers that that think more in terms of how to really say something with a language yeah but it's just it's hard to find and some of it, I don't know if it's just we're so inundated with what exists, you yeah. know, it's just like, it's just there's a way of doing it and that's what you do and yeah. you don't question it versus really kind of going back and understanding why we do this in the first place, yeah. you know, and I think it's like a lot of it, I think is just like not having enough rehearsal time to really understand like what the performance is actually saying, like what matters to shoot. Yeah. And so you get a lot of, you see a lot of scenes where they just shoot a scene, but it's like, they're not shooting the thing that is the, they're not shooting for that moment, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it's just interesting to see like, yeah, it's like having an understanding of what's actually going to be in the final, sure. final version. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, I think in the beginning, um, you know, I mean, if you think of it like painting, you know, it's like, uh, in the beginning, it's great to paint by numbers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But um, I think as you grow as a filmmaker, um, I think it's your responsibility to yourself um, uh, for for getting into something that you that you love in order to understand that at a certain point in time, you got to take away the lines and you got to take away the numbers. And yeah. then you got to, sounds very corny, but you got to paint with your heart. You got to paint mm -hmm. with uh, uh, how you feel. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that that, more so than paint by numbers, people are going to, um, to appreciate the story more. They're gonna they're gonna get more out of the story when, when you're as into it um, as 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 you want them to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't. I honestly, you know, like I mean, that's what a lot of people say right now. Is they're like, oh, more formulaic movies, and it's the rom com that comes out, and it's like this, yeah. this, and this. And um, I think a lot of times those are paint-by-number movies, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so I think in the beginning that's great, um, but, you know, I think at a certain point you just have to step outside of that and go, and be confident in yourself as a filmmaker, too, to go, yeah, yeah I, I got that. Um, let's move on and we'll spend more time on this other piece, um, yeah. you know? Like, I think that's a responsible way of filmmaking, you know? Hmm. Um, I was talking to uh, Jesse Dana a while back, um, and he was talking about this idea of like, the as the technical ability and understanding transitions into an, another threshold of our artistry, which is you know you work so hard to create a pretty shot and to light a pretty shot and to make something that's technically and visually interesting, but then the threshold past that is to how do you frame and shoot for coverage and light a scene so that you're no longer thinking about the shot and yes. you're just watching the people in the story. Yes. And it's like that degree of, of pushing past that threshold is what gets you in that, in that layer of th that new layer of mastery, you yes. know? Yeah. And that's something that we strive for. Yes. But how hard is it to get to that place? Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I can't say that I'm, that I'm completely in that place. I can feel uh, that there are elements of me. Like, mm -hmm. um, if I can uh, use the cooking analogy again, you know, like, um, you know, I I can get in there and, um, like, I'm at the point where I can get in there and make sure that everything gets cooked in the time that it needs to get cooked and everything's going to be hot when it hits the plate, you know? <laughs> like, I can, I can do yeah. that. Yeah. Like, um uh, so, um, where I'm at is the point where now I'm trying different spices and now I'm mm. trying different things in order to flavor it. Like the basic structure of getting the meal out is like, uh, very, very easy. Um, uh, so, so, so adding flavor to the food right now is, mm -hmm. is where I'm at. Um, I, I hope to get to the point where I can start to, you know, maybe reinvent, uh, what the meal is. Mm -hmm. Um, you know what I mean? As I go along with those flavors and with those things, create new experiences or mm -hmm. better experience, you know? Um, 
uh, there's only been a couple times in my life um, where I've actually um, been behind the lens um, and completely lost myself uh, mm. in a performance. And and for me, that's not been so much, um, here I go, I'm going to lose a lot of acting friends, <laughs> um, not so much the, um, and it was you, by the way, whoever's listening, it was you that I got lost, uh, <laughs> lost behind. But um, for me, that's... Uh, that's between the, the the director, the the screenwriter, and the the actors at that point in time hmm. uh, to be able to get lost uh, behind. Because for me, um, you know, I as a cinematographer, um, I'm kind of the icing or the sprinkles on the cake. Mm-hmm. You can totally bake a, a fantastic cake without me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, like uh, the movie Once. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but yeah, um, uh, absolutely uh, beautiful movie, really well done. Like it was just shot on just whatever regular, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know, handy cam or something mm-hmm. like that. But I remember that movie, yeah. and I'm a cinematographer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I remember that movie. I remember the music. I remember the emotions. I remember, yeah. um, and it was fantastic. So. Um, Yes, I believe that as a cinematographer, I can help um, add to um, within that collaboration with the director from a visual standpoint. I can add to um, hopefully um, having the audience uh, get lost. Um, But honestly, the directors, the actors, and the screenwriter can do it without me. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, And I enjoy it when that happens. I mean, Mm. I enjoy when when even as... uh, you know, operating the camera after I've lit everything, I've been the DP and now I'm just operating. Um, I love when that happens in front of the lens. Um, but uh, I think, you know, at least in my own mind, that I've already, uh, whether it's uh, good acting or bad acting or good directing or bad directing or a good script or a bad script, that I've already given 150% of creating the environment that I feel like I can naturally make it feel like it's so that part i think is already done for me when i'm looking through the lens you know Mm -hmm. um of course there are times when you're rushed and you're like oh my gosh i can't believe i didn't flag that off or something like that um and that takes takes me out a little bit but other than that um i think it's i think it's the the actors the director and the screenwriter Mm -hmm. um that have really made that magic completely happen um you know i was just i was wondering to bring this up because uh did you see Tangerine? I haven't seen Tangerine. That was shot on the uh, iPhone, though, right? So I didn't know that yeah. until the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh, really? Because I was like, some of these shots are just really like, why does it look so... Like, maybe... Alex, I was, I was watching on streaming, so I was like, maybe my, my fucking Wi-Fi is not too great or yeah. whatever. But it's a really compelling... The performances are great. The story is really interesting. It's something you don't see very often. Um, and then at the end, it said shot on an iPhone five or something, and I was like, "Oh man, like yeah. wow!" But then I was just like, "Oh, that's." I mean, it just made me kind of stop and think for yeah. a second that like, uh, it's just been kind of running through my mind, just echoing what you said. Like, it's almost like uh, the format isn't necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the most important thing is what's in front of it, right? Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. the story, the actors, the yeah, and, and I'm, hopefully, I'm not, as a cinematographer, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah hopefully, wanna, I'm not talking wanna, myself out yeah, of the yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know oh, I could shoot it on a phone, but um, it's not. That's not totally no, true. Yeah. yeah, and and a lot of times, you know, like and this is going to sound probably very arrogant, but um, a lot of times I I look at a at a script, most of the scripts I get, and I go, you know what, like. Um, I, I totally didn't get lost in it or I totally am like a little skeptical and I go, you know what? Like, I think, uh, the quality of work that I can bring to a project is actually, it's going to make up for some of the shortcomings that I think this film is going to have, you know what I mean? So, um, so in saying that, um, you know, I think, uh, what I do can bring a lot to 98% of the film films out there that can help get them noticed. You know what I mean? Like, um, and you know, there's those two percent, like a once or something like that, that are just so magical that like you would, you really could have had anybody, and they did, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I, I'm I'm curious about. There's two things that I'm thinking about in that, but one of them that's really interesting to me is I, I keep thinking about this idea or this concept of like you read a script and the script is okay, mm-hmm. but it, but the script, if you if you take it at face value and you think about it just in terms of how any sort of filmmaker is going to turn it into a movie that would be fine, what it means to, to, to understand that you can also add an additional layer of style and not just, 
not just style as a varnish, but really just like getting in there in terms of like a very unique way of telling the story and a very unique perspective and a very unique shooting style that can just totally elevate a script that seems relatively straightforward. Absolutely. But you've got to have some um, some faith that that can happen. Yeah, of course. Know? Yeah, like if if um, uh, you know, there's a, a script could be. Uh, you know, I could read a script and it could be walking, right? You know, mm -hmm. the script is walking and I can look at it and go, you know what, I'm interested enough because I can, I know um, from uh, its departure to its arrival, um, uh, what I can add to it is, is getting it on a bike. I may not be able to get it into a car, but I can get it, at least get it onto a bike. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I can help take it um, uh, from uh, point A to point Z uh, I can. There's something that I'm going to be able to add, and of course, serve the story because mm -hmm. I definitely don't want to start taking side streets because I think I can add a style to it. That's something that I always do. Is Just I try go somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, to go somewhere else because that's that's you know I'm as a cinematographer I'm there to serve the story and to serve the director. You know, so when I approach a film if i think i can stick it on the bike or whatever and it's only walking all right it goes from a bike and maybe i think i can stick it in the trunk of a car to get it from uh a to z you know like um i do it but i still serve the story you know like um and that's you know it that's that that uh imagination and that collaboration with the director is going okay i think i can you know um really add something to this you know because i think a director most of the time is always going to be the 90 percent you know mm -hmm. what i mean and then um i'm fortunate enough like i said i can be the icing and be the other 10 percent mm -hmm. uh, that helps get it there but in saying that too is um most uh, there's a lot of things in life that you can do 80 or 90 percent and it's that extra 80 to 100 percent that actually make it something yeah. that's great and um that makes that sets it apart from something else you know mm -hmm. so and i think i can help to be a part of uh make you know setting a story apart from something else so i'm, I'm curious if um because that that sense of like why do we do this and what keeps us going and just that for for this profession it's just you have to be driven you have to care about what you're doing you yes. know and yeah. because it is when it's when it's at its most intense it's just like if you don't love it yeah you there's no reason you should put yourself through this absolutely <laughs> have, have you been have you has there been that moment for you in terms of just like you experiencing that like like i can i can give it up now or just keep going because i care and then push through like have you had that kind of a moment i have it on every set hmm. you know like um uh Actually, every narrative set, I should say, you know, like, because corporate stuff comes and goes so quickly, and it's, like, such yeah. a um, such a quick in-and-out thing, and it's a second nature uh, yeah. thing, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, most complicated thing about corporate stuff is the background I'm going to pick uh, or help the director <laughs> pick, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah. like, sure. it's a no-brainer. Um, so I don't feel it on those productions. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to narrative productions or, like, a music video production or something, um, especially... On productions where we're fighting so much to have the tools that we want within yeah. the budget that uh, yeah. that allows, and that that's hard because, like on a commercial or something, you'll get those toys and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I can do all this stuff! Yeah. This is amazing!" You know, like to and, shoot this phone. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you get on a narrative thing and you're like, "But all I need's a dolly," you know, yeah, like, yeah. and I, you know, and you know that you can make something that much better when you yeah. can use it. Yeah. So so often. Um, that happens for me and I can tell you it happened for me in racing too mm -hmm. um, even though I loved racing so much like um, and I can remember when I was doing triathlons and I would the first hundred meters of the swim I'm like looking down the water and I'm like why the fuck am I doing this this yeah. is gonna hurt this is gonna like <laughs> yeah. I, this is gonna like be so painful you know yeah. like yeah. and then I get through the swim and then I'm on the bike which is where I get my groove you know like and that's mm -hmm. where like I would always take the time splits on the bike and then I'm like and I'm cruising out on that and I'm passing people and I'm like oh yeah this is why I do it yeah. ah now I remember yeah, you know yeah. and I have those moments on set too you know where it's right. like 
you're like, oh my gosh, I'll just start a whitewater rafting business. You know what yeah, I mean? You yeah, know? Like, yeah. why do I have to deal with this shit? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, and that happens a lot on set, you yeah. know? I mean, it's usually with internally, you know? No, totally. I mean, sometimes, I mean, there's a few guys on set that know that, that there are times where I've been like, oh, I'm going to start a whitewater rafting company. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like, uh, they'll, because they'll be listening to this. They'll go, yeah. no, 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 you've yeah. told me that. You know, so usually sometimes. like, yeah, later in the day, hour, <laughs> whatever, yeah. 10. Yeah. You're like, why the fuck are we doing yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, in saying that, um, those that, that that happens in anything. That happens in yeah, relationships. For sure. You know, sure. that yeah. happens, yeah. you know, like that happens in life with yeah. everything that you do that's yeah. worth doing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because uh, if it wasn't, if you didn't have those like those little bit of struggles, that's the, those moments when you're looking at a shot or a move works or something and you're just like, oh my gosh, that was so glorious. Right. You know, it's like, it's, you know, it's the old thing, like if you didn't have the rain, would you appreciate the sunshine? Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, yeah, I absolutely have those on set, you know, yeah. like all the time. I had it on this last set, you yeah. know, where I was just like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? What the fuck? You know, like yeah. I could totally be at a spa right now or something, you know. <laughs> Do you think, more, is it, and maybe it's a balance of both. Is it is it more a personal push through, or is it like camaraderie that gets you through those kind of moments? Hmm. Um, or something for else. For me, even. you know, I there's a I tend to be a little bit of a, a introvert, mm-hmm. um, so I think it's a personal thing yeah. for me. Um, you know, there are times when like. Uh, Maybe somebody, uh, an actor, an actress may see the struggle or something. Um, or if, you know, I'm at that point in the day where I've been doing handheld all day, you know, I'm my, you know, like I've been sliding on concrete and my knees have just been hitting the pavement over and over again, you know, like, and, uh, you know, when a first AC will come over and help me up, you know, um, I'm sure that that definitely plays into going, okay, you know, this, this, there's a family here and, yeah. and, you know, that camaraderie and that whatever definitely boosts my spirit. Um, uh, but you know, there's an internal thing too of when like, um, you know, I get past that point and like, you know, whatever, like the hard part, you know, the part where I've been like, and then that took me whatever, an hour to rig something and make it happen and everything. And now I feel like I've made everything go behind or whatever. And I've gotten down on myself. And now I'm like at that point where I'm like, why the fuck do I do this? And then, you know, and then like over the next three hours, you know, like whatever, I knock out 12 shots and three of them, I'm like, oh yeah, those were, those were magical. You know, that's the personal part of being able to pull myself out of it. And sure, the camaraderie of of seeing people that care, um, that see that you're putting everything into it, and they put everything into it to help take care of you, especially like my my ACs and my, my gaffers and key grips and stuff like that, yeah. you know, the ones that have my back and are really paying uh, attention to the effort that I'm putting in, yeah. you know, and then they're doing the same. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'm sure, it's a combination, I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah. I feel like I mention this every time we record, but I just love those moments where everyone's working so hard on something, and you can feel it, like, everyone's getting a little like just quiet everyone mm-hmm. gets kind of quiet where we're setting up and just working as fast as we can but when something like really works especially i mean on narrative stuff mostly when something really works and everyone kind of watches the playback or you yeah. just feel it as it's happening yeah. like oh yeah. we're fucking this is going really well yeah. like you know you're kind yeah. of just everyone's hitting their marks or whatever yeah it's just like a high that it is yeah that, well, that's why we do it yeah that, i feel like that's like the if you you're having those moments about the starting your own store or whatever like getting out of this like you know 30 minutes later you're having that high that it's just like oh yeah this is why i do it yeah you know? well and i think it's also it 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 evolves over time in more and more productions too i mean that's that's when you start getting that the team that that yes works on everything Absolutely. you know and it's like then you have more time to really like build that seasoning and build that that yep. that communication you mm-hmm. know and you're you know you do it once and you're not going to really go anywhere with it so yeah it's like that that is part of it too it's like you're maturing but everybody's maturing and seasoning and, yes and then you're there to see what we can do next yeah and hopefully as we go down the road and we gain more experience and everything right. those highs happen more and more yeah you know what i Most mean definitely. um the talent grows and like yeah um you know the the directors and their experience grows and yeah and those moments uh start to happen more and more you know yeah like um yeah. so we've films are steaks and we need to add more seasoning yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice if like there's it. anything we've learned from a this. nice loop you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <came right> back. <laughs> i think you did yeah you did steak 
cake. cake. <laughs> what else? Cook. Just cooking. Yeah, no. I'm yeah. I'm in bad danger steaks. of becoming overweight at a certain point. <laughs> steaks, cakes, and cooks. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Filbert's. 